What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk live show. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, soon Amazon, Pob FM. Thank you guys always for donating on this week's show. We're going to be discussing Sign of the Times a little bit more, but also the Sign of the Times Paisley Park event that happened last Friday. In order to do that, we have an old friend of the show, of the original show, an old friend, period. So we're going to have him on. Hello, Baltimore. What's going on, world? Good to see familiar faces and always new faces. Hope to have you in the room. And hopefully our guest, although I didn't tell him before, make sure to click the comments to the left or right so you can see everything that um, I see. We ask questions. But um, I hope you guys are doing well in these COVID times, is all I'll say. But at least this past week, we had a little bit of a thing to um, distract us called Sign of the Times. And um, it's good to see you guys. Hello, everyone. I'm just going to bring my guest in because it's been a while since we've had him on. And we've had a brief conversation beforehand, way too brief, but um, very familiar face. Yes, we'll talk about um, the shirt. I think he's going to give me a little bit of a hard time about it, about me not being there, but wearing it. But here we go. The special guest that we have that was at the Paisley Park events will be familiar to longtime people of the show. Um, is someone that was known as Jester, but we know him and love him as Jesse Jenkins. And here is Jesse. What's up, you guys? Bless What's you. going on, man? How are you doing? I'm back. I got. I gave you a hard time because uh, you wasn't at the Paisley Park show, and you have that shirt. Go ahead and talk again, because I guess I'm hearing you through a different device this time. But how are you, my man? Hey, I'm good. You guys hear me well? Do I need to put in my headphones or what? I don't think so, but let me know if they're hearing feedback. Hopefully, they're not hearing feedback at all. I see I froze on my screen. <laughs> you see what? I froze. Like, my face is just like. Oh. Pause. Now it is. But I still hear the sound of you. That's so. Good. I don't think there's any sound issues, although you're coming through my TV and not my laptop. Well, I just don't like the fact that my face is frozen because I'm not sure if it's actually active. I mean, it's like. I can hear you, which yeah, means I think they can hear you. They're saying yes, well, all good here. Okay. Well, it's just, I guess I won't know how I look. The audio is good, but the, the video isn't good, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You can always bring you off and bring you back on. Take me off and let me come back. Yep. Let's do that. All right. So that's who we're going to have on the show while we work out some sound issues for the time being. And I'm going to work on that really quick on my end as well. So what happens when you're doing live? But, um, you know, I shouldn't be hearing them through my television. And that's how you guys are hearing them. So let me get this fixed. All right. And let's make sure, can you guys still hear me well? This precast nostalgia of technical difficulties. Maybe that's what this is. Everybody's frozen. Am I frozen too now or audio? 
video froze. Get out of it on YouTube and come back in. All right. So everything's good or no? Yeah. Wow. Everything has been running smooth. Okay, good. And now we're going to bring Jesse back in and see if nothing is frozen. No. All right. He's frozen again. Here we go. Let's try to bring him on. Now it's an all black screen, Jesse. <laughs> I've disappeared into the sign of the times. Like I'm no longer a human spirit. I can't even see myself. It just is a black screen. Yeah, it's a black screen. Maybe you have to get out and get back in, or maybe you need to restart. How long has it been since you put on your laptop? You know, it's been maybe two days. Okay. Well, let's try. I'll restart. You... I'll... Yeah. Okay, my man. We'll talk with people. Yes, that's what we're going to have. This is absolutely hilarious because we haven't had this problem before, even with uh, Dave Hampton and Jackie. So what up, Sean? Um, yes, on my side, it's fine. Jesse's not so much. What up, Candy? So is where, where's, where's a host that'd be asking, hey, Candy, why, why weren't you on on last week's show? What were you doing? I think your answer was homework. Anyway, those days were quite interesting. That's why I no longer have co-host. So how are you guys doing? I know some of you were saying you haven't gotten your box set yet. So we'll wait for that. And we'll get into the shirt. Thank you. And uh, thanks to people at Paisley Park for hooking me up and the person, um, VP, for taking care of it. Really appreciate it. Prince playing with us a little bit, perhaps. Yes, innocent one. Should have been who me? Anyway, in regards to the sign time set, this is what we're getting from people on Facebook. Mine's on the way. So thank you, VP. So yeah. I can't believe that they didn't think that I would wear it on the show or something. And with it being like 105 here right now, better than wearing my dress attire. So very cool. Try to leave it on the screen more. Through my headphones all day. I don't know what you think. Yeah. While Jesse gets accumulated, beautiful presentation well put together. Yeah, mine in the AM. And we're just gonna get into the report at Paisley Park. We had some other people that are gonna that were gonna be on, but we'll have them on for another show. But I figured since Jesse was there and some people were wanting to know what Jesse has been up to, that we would um get him back. Hopefully I look good in peach and black, <laughs> but thank you. I keep going through it from beginning to end, to be honest, just to hear it in that sound quality and um, things of that nature. So 
hit me up privately for that. It should be from Purple Funk SF. I did put up links and then sent it to someone on Instagram as well regarding that. So, I didn't do an unboxing video. I know that they're all popular, but people already hate me enough. They don't need uh, to hate me for that. So, yeah. Oh no, I'm not cutting the sleeves off. That's what he's talking about. It says Sign of the Times on the side. So, what up, Gigi? Yeah, Purple Funk SF with the shirts. Plus a lot more funk over there if you guys aren't part of that group. Um, well, that sucks, Michelle. Why couldn't you make it? Hope you're doing all right. So... I felt Dorothy Parker without the horns wasn't needed, but I'm glad that we have it. I'm just seeing the original of it. Um, why do I think the sticker in your box that was messed up? Because you didn't get the packaging of the peace symbol box, that they didn't ship it to you in the box that it originally came in, so it moved around. When it came to the peace box, it has it inside to where it's something that holds it together so it doesn't move around as much. There's an inlay on the inside, and you should have gotten the box that had the Peace logo. Now, if you didn't, like a certain someone's CD set, and Amazon opened up the box and put it in their box, it's moving all around, and the sticker is rubbing up against something and taking it out. So that's problematic. So... The Facebook fan page, Jenny Emmett, as well. So, yeah. And here's people with their favorite tracks. Yeah. Jesse Jenkins, who was just here, Todd, but he'll be back. We're having him set up again because of um, video issues. So, but I think that's why with the sticker, that is the problem. I think it, it comes to, whoops, I'm trying to put Nikki, Nick, Nikki's question up and then it keeps bumping um, to other things. All right, Nikki, apparently I can't highlight your question. I did notice that, but I think it's, I wonder if they were switching from, if it was mastered from tape instead of the actual tapes, mastered from a cassette tape. And also someone noticed something about the ending if I was your girlfriend, that there's a song underneath it that they're picking up on headphones. Um, maybe that's how it meant to be sound, Franklin. Nikki, that's supposed to be your question, but it won't let me highlight it. Tried twice. Um, yeah, Randall. That may be the whole thing. Amazon may have the cheaper price, but they didn't pack it right with stuff. So, yeah, Bob, mine on the vinyl were fine, but. That was a special one. Um, yeah. Mind blower material, mind blower. Yeah. Well, that was real funky. We dig in, of course. I think a lot of people are um, thinking this as well. Wow, my headphone pops out. Fantastic. I think a lot of people felt that way about it. Damn. All right, we'll do with that later. 
So what happens when you're doing live, it's now all the things that used to happen on the old Spreecast show are happening now, which is fantastic. Candy, I'm gonna start blaming you in a minute. Yeah, so that means they took it out if you got it from Amazon. They took it out. Um, show. Yeah. Sean, I think Tracy was saying the same thing about it, but they needed it for the packaging that would be on the outside at record stores for people to look at and go, oh, Dave Chappelle. Oh, Lenny Kravitz. Stuff like that. What's on there? Yes. So, yeah. Where's Jesse? So I can find my other headpiece. I think Jesse got lost on the way to Paisley Park. There we go. Yeah, see, that was fine. Not everyone is getting that. And I guess it depends on where you live. A lot of people in California um, that got it from Amazon. They took the piece box out and took the, the packaging out and put it in an Amazon box. In other areas, they didn't do that. So, yep. That's why sometimes I guess supporting your local record store is the way to go, even though it may be a little bit more expensive. At least you get the extra packaging. Yeah. can't lose that headphones but this is it the new galaxy buds i hear are much better <laughs> that they stay in your ears but at least i have this one so yeah but the piece i mean i hear some of you guys are like cutting up your piece signs like because it is like a big box to like hold you know, what if like someone ordered like five copies? So, might be, did you say might be? I think this deluxe is better than that one, to be honest, even with uh, some airs, so. Actually, I think that was believed for the singles set. It was Third Man Records in a limited print of 1987. And don't, don't get me started on that debacle. Um, yeah. In the future, maybe. Yeah, that's what I do with the stickers is I kind of like cut around stuff or cut around the plastic and then keep it in uh, the packaging, especially for releases of artists that I like, so. That was nice because that's even cheaper than the Amazon. That was nice of them to do. Yep. The seven inch cuts. Yeah. Where they scalp the prices. Mm. <coughs> but yes. There you go, Sign of the Times, the best album ever, and the reissue with different versions, I'm in heaven. So, are you talking about 
Do you think moving forward, all releases should be this way, the way they did Sign of the Times should be this way? Do you mean just in the set in general with how big it is? I think we sometimes, we price it to only where the hardcore fans care. And we got to look to the generation of uh, younger candies, so to speak, to keep the message alive. So not just for co-hosts don't work well with me. You don't know the drama, you know, the drama one, but not the rest. But um, as soon as we get Jesse in, he can be my guest co-host for the day. So yeah. Good Lord. Even if you check stuff out beforehand and you run everything, and there was some issues that I was having before, not Jesse, uh, this is absolutely ridiculous. But these are the things that we go on. I think I'm now going to tell people to add on to their things uh, to give their laptop a refresh. What up, Vanessa? Younger candies, exactly. Yes, Jerome. All right. Speaking of uh, Jerome, we don't have Jerome. But we got Jesse back. Let's see. <laughs> Can we start over? Bill, come get your rope. Come get your rope. Modern see? technology. Exactly. He that had it even on the the Times DVD. So <laughs> I had to restart my computer. It's been a long time since I restarted, so I do blame myself for that. Sorry, you guys. It's all good. It, technically, it was Vanessa knocking on his door, giving you a piece of cheesecake funk. I wish, I wish I had Vanessa's cheesecake. I wish I had Vanessa's cheesecake. Yes. Good to see you, my man. Nice to see you too. And that shirt is nice on you, even though you weren't out here to get it. Thank you. Appreciate the Paisley Park staff and BP for hooking it up. Um, very, very appreciative and thankful. And hopefully like in the future, they'll send me stuff. Like if you want me to wear it on the show, I'll wear it. Unless it says something political. Oh, but, um, well, there we go. <laughs> but how are you doing, my man? Before we get into uh, Paisley Park on Friday, how have you been? Man, I've been good. I've just been, you know, writing until the pen runs into Paradise Clarity. Like I say, I've just, you know, Minnesota's been weird since everything happened with George Floyd and been really weird energy. But Paisley Park was really nice to kind of give me some escapism, but also right. pr provide some sense of um, solace. Cause that place is just like seeing him there. You know, you were there January 21st, 2016. That was impeccable. So I wanted to see the first time and it was just exceptional. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I just, cause that's what we need right now. The energy there is still pretty good in your opinion. I would say to anyone who's not been to Paisley Park, they should come because Prince spent so much time there. He invested so much of his energy and his creative process was there. So I would tell people that if you've not experienced that, you should experience that. Um, I have a different experience with Paisley Park, of course, though. I mean, with me, it's like it's a building that has a lot of memories. And I always feel like I could just dance like nobody's business there. So, I mean... That's my main thing. I think the energy is all where you find it and where you where you put into it. Nice seeing you, Cody, and everybody in the chat. I'm just noticing the chat. Blessings to everybody. Yeah. All their wonderful comments. 
Now, for people who aren't familiar with this and how you were able to meet Prince, you would be doing videos on YouTube that were reviewing his albums and other stuff. And then he started yep. reaching out to you, right? Or Julia or other people behind the scenes at the time. Right. Well, you told me, I mean, you were the one who was like, hey, Prince. So I remember doing a video. I did a lot of reviews. I think one of the first reviews I did was 1999. And, um, you know, I just went into why I love that album, why I also didn't like some of the songs, but I still thought it was a relevant album. And not long after that, you told me, yeah, he's watching your videos. And so that kind of took me into another gear. And I knew around that time, a lot of people were just wondering, you know, who am I? Because I just came out of nowhere because I just I saw the BET Awards. I saw Prince. I heard the 2010 album on YouTube. Ironically, it was on YouTube for a little while and I managed to uh, listen to it and it just like opened up all of these doors for me. And I just listened to everything. I downloaded what I could, which was not a lot because it was not like you could find anything. But I just started on this journey and I made these videos and um, I just put so much passion and joy and I was just like, always. And that's how I always am when I'm talking about friends because you guys know. Right. You know, now, you know, Prince is the best. So. Yeah. And then was it when did he was it before South by Southwest where he gave you the video for Live Out Loud or was it afterwards? Yes. It was right before. It was right before. OK. It was around February, I believe. Maybe April even. No, it wasn't April because South by Southwest was in March, but it was definitely before. I want to say February. Yeah. Right. And then. You know, here it is. You at that time, you have never seen Prince perform live. We had right. you on to discuss that. And then here it is. We hear that Prince is playing South by Southwest. And then I hit up Julia and I'm all like, shout out to Julia. Uh, that isn't, yeah, I go, that isn't too far from where Jesse lives, right? And she's like, no, Jeremiah, it's not. And I'm like, we should like think <laughs> so about going out there. You, like, you really pretty much set that up. Like indirectly, I remember you told me that too. You was like, "Well, it's not far." You know, he's in Dallas. I was in Dallas at the time, so yeah. she knew. She knew. I don't want to take um, too much credit, but the thing was is that then she was asking for your email again. It was like a Tuesday night, and I went, "I have a better idea," and I went, "Why don't we have Jesse on the show tomorrow just to talk about stuff and like how close he is to performing where you live?" And then at the end of the show will surprise Jesse and say, hey, Prince and the MPG are taking care of you and you know, gotta make sure that you're there and you're surprising. And I wish I could play the freaking video of it, but we'll play it in the future. But, and then she was all like, Prince loves the idea or, or whatnot. And we did it. And then you went to the show. It was like, what, a three hour plus show, that right? Long show. Yeah. Jammed out for about three hours and a half. Definitely, it was a long show. It was such a good show. And then Julia told me right afterwards. So I, I, I was like, just obviously elated, but I had to pee so bad. <laughs> so, because she told me, it wants to meet you. And I'm like, well, I, okay, let me use the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom. I was ready, came to the trailer. I walked in, he sees me and he greets me, comes over. He kind of runs towards me. Cause I'm like, Chris. I remember just doing this, like my, my hands were just like all over the place. And he was, you know, he hugged me and he just told me that he enjoyed my videos. He actually told me that the Spreecast reaction made him and the band cry. I remember that specifically. He said, you know, it really touched me to see how you reacted to 
knowing you were coming here because obviously you remember I was I jumped up like a popcorn. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen Prince live at the time and I knew he was gonna be good, but I didn't know he was gonna be that good. Like he exceeded my expectations in a way that I couldn't even like predict. And just right. the welcoming, he was just so gracious and nice and kind. So it started everything. That, that was the journey started right there. And hilarious. Even though Jesse got a three hour plus show, he went to Prince. Where's the guitar, man? Yeah, he didn't play the guitar. So, I mean, I found that to be, and I said that to him, ironically, I'm like, you didn't play guitar. And he's like, I didn't have to. The band was on point. With this band, right. Sorry about that. Now, and then later on at a Paisley Park show, he did play guitar and he goes, I think he said something to you like, this one's for yeah. you, Jesse. No, that was at my first Paisley show. So Vanessa, shout out to Cheesecake Funk, Vanessa. Yes. Um, he did that October surprise show and I was there. That was my first time in Minneapolis. That was amazing. Like that's nearly what, seven years ago, 2013. And I yeah. came out here and I'm like, okay, I'm in Paisley Park. He does a show with the MPG. It's a mixture of things, but it just was so compelling. And he did a little private show afterwards. Joshua came up to me and he was like, hey, Prince is doing a private show. You want to grab your friends? So I grabbed Vanessa. I grabbed so many the true blues danny all of the people who i always went to face park with and yeah he did a private show for us he was in the uh the room he had a gold all he had all gold on and he had guitar and when i walked in he was just he he played oh my god i'll never forget that because that guitar solo he did plexum electrum and it's like i got my guitar he worded that with his mouth I'm just like, <laughs> you know finally I'm getting what I came for. Denise, shout out to Denise. Denise was there. She remembers. See, it's all good. Now, we're afterwards, yeah. absolutely. And giving Vanessa a high five. Now, we're going to jump around a little bit and bring it circling kind of back to the sign of the times party and the energy that was at Paisley on Friday with you being there. Now, how did the movie on the big screen, how was that experience? Well, seeing wow. the, uh, the New Year's Eve show. I, I knew I wanted to go the moment they announced it because I remember that being one of the first bootlegs I watched. Of course, it wasn't the full thing that was out, but it was amazing to see it in full screen because that show is amazing and the quality was amazing and his energy while he performed, it, it just made me miss him live because he was so fast, so sharp, so ahead. So seeing it on Seeing it in Paisley Park was just amazing. I mean, you're talking about the place he built. This is the first show he ever did. So the history, yeah, yeah, it's like, wow, I, I, I loved it. I think that that was one of the best decisions they had to show it there because, again, first time he ever performed there. Mm. The energy, the, perform the set list itself, Miles Davis on stage, of course, and I was dancing alongside with it. So I was sitting down for a little bit of it. But then, you know, when I saw you on in paisley that time you were dancing too because when you're in paisley park you have to dance that's i mean look yeah. and i'm glad that you were dancing on friday because i remember they were playing stuff in the musicology tour and everyone right. is just sitting down it's at the we'll just sit down like, and i'm just like i can't do this is just sitting down so i went to a freaking corner and i brought the person i was with there 
and we started dancing. And then you came around and a few other people came around and that's what it should be is like, remove the seats. I mean, it wasn't the slow stuff and we're, Musicology Tour was amazing and we're, we're seeing stuff that we didn't see before. So don't tell me you froze. No, I'm just- Okay, good. <laughs> I don't think so. But it was, you know, and then what you said to me is like, that's what it should be. And like, you know, dancing around. So I'm glad that people and yourself were doing that at Paisley on Friday night. Yeah, no, sure. I saw someone mention in a, a chat that the sound wasn't good and that it wasn't full screen. So obviously, you know, this was recorded in 1980, 87, with video. Both, both years, <laughs> technically. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's not a time where it was, you know, the best quality. So it didn't have that seven. You're not going to get Blu-ray quality. But for what it's worth, the sound was amazing, actually. I don't think the sound was a problem at all. I don't. I think people really enjoyed to see it. Because even though a lot of people in the chat may have seen it, I'm sure you've seen it how many times, Dr. Fucking Mary? Like hundreds of times. Not in its completion, but in Adore specifically, I have to give a shout out to Adore of that performance. It's the best performance, one of the best performances of Adore. Um, so it was just, I enjoyed it. To be able to be in the same place where he, where he performed it and dance alongside with it, it was great just all those things and then yeah because you're not going to be able to get it on a full screen no matter how big the tv is or if it's a screen because the way it was shot so just what you get on the dvd you're going to get at paisley you right. can't do it because you got to pay and it's much harder to do through i'm sure it was recorded with video cassettes prince wasn't using film then no. even with miles davis maybe coming on stage beforehand or whatnot and all this other stuff and I know that there was a little bit of a sound issues with the first DJ at Paisley, but other than that- Oh, so we're sound... not talking about the DJ set. The DJ set was interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the word I'll use to say. I mean, it, I was expecting a bit more of a variation because here's the thing with Prince. He made music beyond the 80s and I love to hear inclusions of the 90s, 2000s, every era. You have to give a plethora. You gotta be kaleidoscopic. If you're giving us just the 80s, or just give us the Sign of the Times album. I was quite surprised they didn't play anything from the Sign of the Times album. Wow. Because I was just about to say, well, if they're doing something from the 80s, I can understand with the no. Sign of the Times. I remember dancing to I Will Die For You, but guess what? That was in 84. <laughs> I much would have rather Rebirth of the Flesh, to be real. Or La Grind, even. Or Shaka Delica, you know. But for what it's worth, here's the thing. A lot of people are not familiar with these deep cuts. You know, mm -hmm. I know these deep cuts, a lot of the fans know it too, but I I do think having a colitis, if you're going to perform a DJ set, it either needs to be like Linka Paris, she knows. Uh, I can give a shout out to a bunch of DJs out here that do their thing. I mean, so Dudley D, Julius, Jews, all of the brothers and sisters are doing their thing. Um, I just wish it was a little more kaleidoscopic. What's up, Miko? Now here's this, and I want to get back into it because after you met Prince, after you did the private show, after this other stuff, you were living in Minneapolis Still and then you became, you became more involved and you actually became a tour guide when Prince was doing the tour guides at Paisley for Paisley Park oh. after dark, right? Right. How did that happen? So that came about in September of 2015 because Joshua was doing the tours at the time. 
Joshua Welton. And I was a part of those tours. You know, I was alongside there. I never, you know, anytime I was in Paisley Park, I would always be with the band. That was a wonderful uh, privilege because that meant whatever they were doing. And so he would do these tours and I was with them. And then one day Kirk was like, so Prince wants you to do the tours. I'm like, and he sent me the script. And I, and the script was very loose leaf. It's not like he wanted me to say everything directly, you know, character by character, but he wanted me to stress certain points. I learned it pretty well because it was pretty natural to me. It's just like, okay, I can get this. Okay. And it was fun. And Tamiko, shout out to Tamiko because she was also on some of those tour guys as kind of like my bodyguard. She would make sure people wasn't touching anything. Um, so he would surprise us during some of these tours. He did not show up on every tour, but sometimes mm -hmm. he would show up. One tour in particular, a lot of people remember this one. He gave out cookies. This was 2016. You remember that, right? You could tell that story. I was there. You was yeah. there. Um, so there were a bunch that of people. That was weird. That was I'll a lot of tell it, I'll tell it. Yeah. Go for it. Well, basically, I turn around and Prince sees me in the foyer and he's like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> we're like, what do you mean? <laughs> we're here to show the world, you know, your place. And he has all these. Now, these are cookies from Cub. These are like 12, maybe 24 count chocolate chip cookies. Mm. I know a lot of people believe that, that was home baked. You know, maybe uh, who are the lovely people who used to cook for them? Their name escaped me. People's Organic? No. These were Cub cookies. Okay. And they were delicious for those who got one, I'm sure, because, I mean, who would pass on the opportunity to get a cookie from Prince? Um, right. So that, you know, things like that would happen. So I really enjoyed doing those tours at the time because I love talking about Prince and giving people an introspection to his galaxy was pretty fascinating. And people really, really enjoyed to learn it, you know, and to be in that space. It's very interesting. You walk into Paisley Park and there are all of these labyrinths and doors. You can't help but just devour what comes next whatever that'll be right and the one it was the weekend of the january 21st shows i believe it was friday night the night that larry graham was performing i did the tour with you and then literally you went into another room and then all of a sudden here he is with marone right in front of me sucking on a shake it looked like and marone has the cookies in her hand and it's literally right in front of me Right. He's looking at me like, and then everyone's behind me. You know, I'm, a, I'm a bigger guy at that time. And they're all like. Um, That's right. Stephanie, shout out to Stephanie. She remembers a crucial point. It was her birthday weekend. And someone mentioned that. And he came back and gave us the cookies because, you know, it was Stephanie's birthday. She's from Louisiana. Shout out to homie Stephanie. She knows from the style. And. So with that experience on that, it's like Ed, it was literally, you know, the weekend of the piano microphone show. So you do have fans from around the world. And then people are like, why aren't we bump rushing him? And I'm like, because we have manners. <laughs> These tours before that was the pop. So he was cashing. Um, I mean, then I, I went to Jesse. I went, Jesse, uh, Prince is here with Marone. And you're like, what? And you're like, this never happens. I went, yeah, right. Yeah. It was a surprise. People thought this. I planned this to happen. I never expected to see him there. I mean, it was really a surprise. And then it was oatmeal cookies for our trip, though. And the thing is, is that 
you know, that was my first time seeing him in a little bit of time. And then seeing that I was there because I had Trevor, I asked Trevor to put me on the list because you, you were all like, are you coming to the shows? And I went, man, it's cold in Minnesota. You know me. Like, and you here. <laughs> at two hours before the show, you hit me up. Oh, not going to be here, huh? That's why I see your name on the list, right? You were, <laughs> That's <you> right. <laughs> I saw your name, Bo Leathers, Dr. Funkenberry. Oh, you're not coming, huh? Yeah, all right. <laughs> those that had the opportunity to go to Paisley Park when they had the opportunity, who sees those moments, and those are not passed on. Right. I'm not trying to get people to feel bad for those that didn't have the opportunity. Yeah. It's just one of those things that's like, leaves the legacy legacy mark for sure in your memory you'll never forget those moments and see that's different because at remember we kept hearing oh prince doesn't celebrate birthdays and other stuff things were a little different around that time yeah and, and he still would acknowledge that that would mean something for somebody no one i mean i remember someone saying they would never discard that cookie she was from europe she was like i'm never getting rid of this cookie i'm like all right in the freezer, wrap it up, make sure no kids get to it. <laughs> Tanika was the type of things that happened. Like hub. Oh, they were bar barleys. They're not cut barleys. Young Lunds and barleys. I couldn't remember the name. I thought it was tough. And we'll get into that dance party, Denise, with that. Someone else brought up when the tour guides when as Thinko was also not only on um the artificial age and plectrum electron release which I would freaking was supposed to bring with me because it's the anniversary of the release. Exactly. Today. But Prince would bring people into the studio and talk with him through the phone, right? In Studio B? Mm-hmm. That's what he did a lot, yeah, the speakerphone thing. Yeah. Someone mentioned, sure. I used to always say that, um, you, you can touch with your eyes, not with your hands. And I do remember people going back and doing these tours over and over. Yeah, there was a guy named Alan constantly, just the chance, the opportunity that Prince would show up. And it wasn't always the case that he would. So. I remember yeah. another occasion with Judith Hill, though, and she would she was in the Granite Room playing piano, and <clears throat> people thought he was going to show up for sure when he was performing, when she was performing, like, no, nah, let her have that space. And this is why people should still be going to Paisley, whether it's for closure or for the energy or for other things. That's why I say uh, Paisley is a, if you've never been, especially, even if you've been, now people have a different relationship. Some people would never go back again for whatever reason. Um, but it's a place with a lot of, a lot of a lot, a lot of a lot. <laughs> right? I mean, and look, now I look back on stuff just with some regrets, like when he'd be like, hit me up like, hey, want some new music uh, to try out? So when you're coming over here, and I went, bro, it's negative 17. Like, let me know when it's 70. I moved up from the South. You from California, man. I'm from New yeah. Orleans. I lived in Texas. Yeah. I came out here, but the purple energy was enough for me to be like, I don't know. I'm going to see what it's like. <laughs> I, I, I passed up on sometimes. I'm not going to lie but january i kept saying no at first and then my friend pez hit me up and i'm all like all right i think i'm supposed to be there so then i hit up trevor and i went hey dude 
if I went down there on the down low, except for the name being on the list, uh, would you be right. able to take care of me for it? And he's like, yeah, man, we got you. So, you know, I just, all these things were like, cause you know me, I, I passed up another opportunities, wasn't going to do it. I'm like, something tells me I need to be there. And I'm glad you followed that. I went. I'm so glad yeah. you followed that. Cause a lot of people had the opportunity. It was one of the only times he gave about a two week and a two week advance notice. Generally there was no notice. I mean, so people who had the opportunity to come that went will never forget January 21st, 2016. <clears throat> the yeah, start by eventually microphone by a mile. Yeah, we're definitely gonna need that show released one day. Absolutely, and I'm not sure why it's not released, but I think both of those shows should be released. It should be available for everyone's viewing pleasure because Prince tells his whole story. I mean, it's one of the few times where he actually gave you stories in a chronological type order, loosely, mm -hmm. but it was so like, transformative uh, i mean everyone who went to that show even you doc i remember having a conversation with you and i said man as amazing as that show was that's kind of like oh that's weird like what is he gonna do after this it didn't feel i'm not saying it felt conclusive but it definitely felt like the moon which is cool yeah in the review that i did and we're talking about trevor guy not trevor um allen the bodyguard in a review that I did that was taken down um, the morning of January 22nd, I said, my first paragraph was, I expected Prince to do this at the end of his career, not at this point. That was it. Storytelling. That. And then people were like, this is the best review you've ever done and all this stuff. And then Prince has never asked me to take anything down before. Trevor hits me up your review is too detailed you're giving away the movie plot and everything else and i went all right but i just remember that line and i still have not posted the review again since maybe on the seventh anniversary we'll see but hmm. i really thought that this would be a tour that he would tell later on in life like when we talked about and he came to me and i have to specify this in 2013 said, we need to write a book. We need to do this, we need to do that. Cause I kept bringing up Sinatra books and how his career would be even thicker than Sinatra books. I was like, all right, I wanna write a book with him, but let's wait a few years because, you know, sometimes, you know, Wendy or Lisa would say something and he'd be dismissive of it. And I kind of wanted him to go, all right, yeah, I was a jerk. And I felt maybe in his sixties, he'd be a little bit more reflective of that. So I thought we had time and huge mistake but you know that's what i felt is that he actually was telling the story of everything whether it was lisa or when he go to australia and denise passed away and talking about her right that it was just so auto autobiographical when it came to his performance and bringing us through stuff you know and he never did that before he really was like unveiling a lot of layers of himself and that's, that's never without did. speaking. That's speaking without speaking. Because even if he didn't explicitly give those stories, the fact that he announced that he wanted to write a book and that he was going back to, you know, the Afro, which let's talk about the Afro for a little bit. 
you guys got to know that's how his hair grow naturally so the afro like people made it seem as if that was just a very horrible moment for the prince community because it revealed a lot of anti-blackness because prince did that also in connection with his just the the album hit and run phase two like the songs everything that was going on around that time powerful stuff still some of the best stuff to listen to to this day but i mean in retrospect going back to your review and just the story you just mentioned i mean it was clear in some instance we all kind of felt like hmm wow huh powerful really curious to know what's going to happen and then obviously it just progressed from there shortly in three months it was just craziness and the thing that i remember is after the plane went down and then you know people were hitting me up and then to see one of his posts i am transformed which was from someone else's review of the atlanta shows but what prince would do when he'd be in australia or other places he would take off the tag and location where he was right. when he'd be back in Chanhassen, and he put it back so the i am transformed which was just a regular I, not E-Y-E, how he would put it. Um, it said Chanhassen, Minnesota. I'm like, well, whatever happened on the plane, he's back home. And I was putting that out there that I think he's okay. And then I get this thing, Prince wants to do a party at Paisley Park tomorrow for the good weather and because how great the Atlanta shows were. And I'm just like, and like, he wants you to come. And I went, and this is what I'd always say, if he needs me to be there, I'll be there. If not, he can save his money. And then I'll get the shows out. I'll get, I'll get the word out. No problem. Of course, people were backlashing when I said he should have a show. But again, I was being told for him to do it, that he wanted to do it. And then literally there's someone saying, okay, we're going to have this flight for you or whatever. I'm like, all right, I guess he wants me there and needs me there and I'll be there. The thing I remember most about that night, aside from as soon as he came out of the studio and our eyes met and I just nodded my head and he darted up to the stage with Kirk running behind him. John Breen wasn't there yet. The thing that tripped me out the most is when he asked us to go to the soundstage area because we were all kind of like huddled into the MPG room or the love for another room. Mm -hmm. And then so let's go to the soundstage area because he wants to show us stuff, that guitar and then the piano. The thing that tripped me out the most was the symbol being removed from the corridor between the rooms. Right. And I went, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. And I remember you told me that because I was like, what? He painted that? What would he do? You know, because a lot of people thought that was after, but that happened before. Right. And that's when I went, I don't like that. I understand because at the piano microphone shows in 2016, and we know, and we can talk about this a little bit more, he had the kaleidoscope effect on it. And maybe it just didn't give it the effect with the symbol being on it, but he had it painted over. That kind of tripped me out. Um, but look, cause people will talk about this. I want to go back to the Afro thing as well, but people will talk about this, about celebrations being in April and being in June. Were you aware as of January, 2016, at any time that Prince was planning on doing piano and microphone, having a residency at Paisley park, but most importantly, having shows in June, like a celebration again, he did want to have a lot of summer parties. The summer was supposed to be lit in Minneapolis. Like that's what made his transitioning 
double hard because I was getting emails about what he was doing, like all of the workings of that. And I was just aware of all of the people who was going to come to Minneapolis. Like he was going to just blow it out the water. So there was definitely going to be a lot of noise. And that's what made it so hard because it didn't make any sense. It's like, wait, it's supposed to be happening in the summer. How are you? How is he leaving? How is he going? How is he? You know, it, it didn't make any sense at the time. Um, and yeah, yes, in retrospect, you look back, you have time to think of things and you piece together slowly. But I just think just by the apparent revelations, what we've already gotten in the last three years and just evident by what he was saying uh, and what he didn't say. I mean, you look at what people say and what they don't say. And he was saying a lot at just the same time. So um, the celebrations were coming in June. Yeah, <laughs> it was going to be really amazing. It was going to be something he, I'm not sure if he intended to do more shows like piano and microphone. I think that was just a one-time thing. Like you don't repeat that I mean, you do it once and then that's it. So, but definitely having other people show up. And of course, if he felt the need to perform, he would get up on stage, you know? Right. And now back, cause I remember during this free cast shows where people oh. would bring up the Afro. I don't like the Afro. Uh. Just like I said, Prince is black. You guys kind of got to get over it. And I get over it. that still to this day, but I was saying it then is that I, I know you guys like a Rihanna hairdo. Go ahead. He said, I don't want suggestions about my hair. If the whole world buys your bull, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Look, the Rihanna haircut, he was looking like the pretty man. We all get it. You know, he but really doing like I love that he's just taking that initiative. But like Tomiko said, he literally went back to his roots. What were his yeah. roots? The Afro. He went back to that. That is a symbolic way of saying. I mean, you can't say that that's not what it is because that's denying science, and we're not science deniers over here. Please, that's believe it. that's how he came in, and that's how he went out. That's how he started the business. How he went out. Of course, now you see all these signs. It's obviously a little bit different. But, you know, he said he was going to keep the Afro for a while. And he did. You know, he would sometimes mess with it a little bit, like he did for um, the Grammys in uh, 2013. Yeah. He presented for um, something I used to know um, for that song. And not, not for the Beck one. And, you know, his most important appearance in 2015 in the orange outfit. But yeah, I mean, people didn't get it then in 2013. Every single week, I don't like his afro. And I have to like, okay, here it comes in the part of the show. Prince is black. Well, let me give you a moment. Now, I'm not going to address the person who this was told to, but I remember someone mentioned that to him on Twitter, and he said an afro is not a hairstyle. <laughs> and it was so iconic because someone was like, I don't like your hair when it's like that or something of the sort. And he said, an Afro is not a hairstyle, um, which is his way of saying, yeah. my hair grows natural like this. If you don't like it, what that got to do with me? Turn it off. Don't listen to the people saying fear the fro. Uh-oh. <laughs> from the Million Dollar Show. And I want to say that that lyric has a story that I am 
very eager to tell, but I cannot tell that story right now. <laughs> Everyone else, Let's is just say, no, I'm playing. Right. <laughs> I won't do that. No. Nope. No, but even stuff like that is evident that Prince was listening to the community. Like 2013 was a start of him just engaging with us on Twitter. He was replying right. to people. He was talking to people. Yeah. He was in people's DMs. Yes, people's DMs. Um, but I just remember because I talked about him in 2012 about him joining Twitter, totally against it. And it was just with Julia. And I went, well, what we can do is, is like, we'll put out the after show information and after show, after the show, we'll delete it. So we were coming up with a tweet all delete thing that he was using. Oh, wow. Then. But 2013, it was after Montreux. Before Montreux, I met with him. And I brought up Twitter again because some DJ from Minneapolis was saying that he's having conversation with Prince on Twitter. And Prince was like, I don't tweet. I don't tweet. And I went, it's a good way to put you in interaction with the fans. And people were like, tell me, why are you telling him to do that? Because he needs you for your Twitter account and other stuff. And I went, please. So he gets back after Montreux does that whole thing where the first selfie with the smoke and then the salad with too much pepper on it. But it showed that he he listened in a way, even though before Montreux, I don't tweet. I don't know who else talked to him about it, but I thought it was a good idea to put him in direct contact with his fans. And yeah, a lot of these people that use their Twitter accounts, they weren't being direct with their fans. And he would DM them and then the thing is, what was funny back then is if someone DM'd you, but they didn't follow you back, right. you couldn't DM them back. I know. You actually have love to respond. That. And then if people put at third eye girl, they can see what the conversation was, you know, but he wouldn't follow people. <laughs> but, and then he deleted the account, then he made another one, then switched it from just Prince, so, you know, from third eye girl to Prince, all that stuff. And see, speaking but, of the Twitter, this is just a brief yes. moment going into um, a moment. I don't mean to go back in this area, but I remember when his avatar changed and he had that tear. Mm -hmm. Who remembers that? That's when I was like, and I was in New Zealand at the time, and I was like, what is this? Like, why are you doing that? Because Prince is a visual artist. You know, he always spoke through everything. I mean, and that's a move only he would make. Now, he eventually changed it back, but right. I found that to be very interesting. Um, it's when he wasn't feeling well and he said he had the flu and had to cancel the Atlanta show originally because a few days before that Marone contacted me and asked who made the artwork for that and for the hit and run projects. And I said, it's Martin Homet. So I contacted Martin to put him in contact with Marone. And I believe this is an assumption. I believe that he provided the artwork with the eye on there for that. And of course, a few days before the Atlanta show, he changed it. But yes, it had the third eye crying on his forehead with his eyes closed. Well, if, I mean, for whatever the reason, it just it yeah. sent a wave in the Prince community because everyone saw it. I mean, we were all like, I mean, and then that tweet about, you know, despite it all, despite influenza. Despite the influenza. Right. This place is a magical place. This world is a beautiful place. Right. Um, Certain things that he was saying and we didn't know you know, what was going to transpire. Like, I didn't know that time in April was gonna be the last time seeing him because I would have these feelings if he wanted to talk or not. And it would only be the morning of. And 
before my flight, I'm like, okay, he doesn't want to talk tonight. Maybe, maybe I would have made a concerned effort to try to talk with him that night, but I'm not saying that that, oh, that changes anything. I just felt that he didn't want to talk. He wanted me there just to report on what he had to say and that's it. So I was being respectful. I didn't go up to him. I didn't do nothing. I didn't go to Marone like, hey, does he want to talk? I did see that night I talked about before people seemed distracted and that's how I went, okay, things may, may be a little bit different than what he's saying. I wasn't fully aware of things that, you know, we were told it was the flu, which we knew he was battling and other things, but he, you know, was saying, say your prayers. When you hear something like that, say your prayers, wait a few days. He wasn't saying wait a few days and then I'm not going to be here anymore. Yeah. I mean, that, that's saying, something I remember talking to Tamiko because I called her, I was in New Zealand. And when I found out about the show, I was, cause they called me, they wanted me to know if I could do tours. And I'm like, I, I'm not coming to the States in another, maybe two weeks at the time. So um, shout out Dorothy Inez. But um, basically they, they told me, they wanted me out there, but I couldn't make it. So I said, no, I'm not able to make it, but I'll be there in two weeks. Um, I believe Kirk ended up doing the tours, which is like, wow. <laughs> I mean, so when I heard that he said that, you know, save the prayers for a few days, I found that to be another moment of, but still looking at all, looking at it all like, no, you know, he's okay. Because Prince, this was the first time, I mean, you might be able to correct me on this. I've been saying this and I've probably been saying this wrong, but I feel like this was the first time it was the, there was a public notion that something was wrong with Prince. Typically he's always been private and he's kept all of his affairs. No one really knows, but this was the first time when TMZ was about it. Like it was like, everyone was like, yo, what's happening to Prince? Like people thought, People were reporting that he had already transcended the night of the plane. So it definitely brought a lot of attention to him in a way that he had probably never experienced it in his whole career. Unless you can rival a moment. Can you think of a moment where he had all his eyes on him like that? Because this was a time right after David Bowie, Denise, and then his plane as far. I mean, people were like, what's happening? It's just, um, how do I put it? You know, with, with what was going on, it felt like after Bowie, everything changed because a girl that went to the January 21st shows, she said, like, I told my husband, I got to go to this. Like with Bowie leading, like, you just don't know what's going to happen. Wow. And she's so grateful that she went. Good. Now, of course, I saw the TMZ reports and I have like a friend that works. I wouldn't say that we're close friends. We He was someone that posted on the org. There was two people that worked for TMZ that were orders. So I knew them from that. Oh, wow. That and makes it, a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was, is after they posted about it, and when I was there on Saturday, I contacted my friend Eric, and he's the one who wears the Revolution hat all the time. And I said, um, look, dude, if you want me to be on Monday to talk about things and check if he's okay, I'll be there on Monday. And I let Marone know to let him know that I'd be doing it. And, of course, if Prince... You let him know something and if he doesn't respond, it usually means it's okay. Albeit there was a lot more going on at that time. Right. But, you know, I just felt that he wanted to get the word out. And then right before I get on air, 
uh, Harvey mentioned something, Harvey Levin mentioned something that I wasn't aware of about what happened after the plane. And I'm like, oh crap. And then it changes stuff. But you know, we're going to sting that Prince wants people to know he's okay. He doesn't want the fans to worry about him. And then of course, the next time on TMZ um, was after he passed. And it's just like, trying to contact people and make sure that they get the right people on that aren't spreading stories about them. Um, but yeah, I mean, thankfully TMZ wasn't around in the eighties. Um, like say with the, we are the world thing where he decided yeah. to skip it and it was their photographer that got messed up or the videos. Cause that could have been ruining oh, wow. stuff, especially with how private Prince was. Um, but they were, I just think after David Bowie, I think they were just on alert of trying to wait oh, for the absolutely. next one. They were looking for anything. And that pissed me off, to be honest. And then Eric, you know, we'd have conversations afterwards because Harvey was trying to tell me about a story with um, cocaine use and then saying that the people that said it, they already passed away. And I'm all like, so you have one person saying that he did it that isn't here about another person who isn't here. And I want, you're really going to go with that story. What's funny is, is that Harvey never went with the story, but John Bream did. And that hurt. That hurt. So, <laughs> so TMZ didn't post the story about the drug use after I told Harvey how disgusting it sounds. But John did it. Although John wasn't the first person credited, he was the fourth person. But even he contacted me about it. And you know, yeah, I just went. You know, I will say, I'm not necessarily defending John, but I think when someone passes away, all bets are off. It's like revisionism happens. People just start getting pins and erases, and they start saying, "Oh, I work with Prince. I actually worked for Prince for 50 years, or whatever." The most ridiculous thing you could hear. Like, it just seems all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I still. Even with Bream doing that, I still respect him because he's someone who's covered Prince his entire career. You're allowed oh, right. to make mistakes. I'm not perfect. You know, you're allowed to do this, and he's never done it again. You know, he wants to be the Prince guy, and he feels he should be the story, but he has covered Prince longer than anyone, even when they had falling out. I mean, that's what I'm there. I mentioned the joke where at the sign of the times, you know, Prince was roasting everybody, and he called John Bream. He's like, you big Fahrenheit. Something he said about it, like Fahrenheit drink can or something. So yeah, he's been around, and I and John Breen, you know, I've that's a homie of mine. I've I got the dude's number. He's, I mean, I, like I said, when Prince passed away, so much happened. I don't think people really took the time to source out, even though it's imperative to source out where stories come from. It, it was just chaos. It was chaos. So fire hydrant, yeah. Yes, and it sounded like he was doing a little bit of the tricky. Like the whole thing of where like he's just like bagging with more sting on the drums. Right. Funny to me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Breen's been around for a while and other things. Um, but yeah, just it's just a lot. And it just felt like that year of 2016, I feel the decisions of, of 2016 is what's come back to haunt us in 2020. But when people say 2020 is so bad, I'm like, 2016 was Kind of bad, man. Gotta follow the numbers, the cycles, you know, coming forward. Yeah. And just with Bowie, with Glenn Fry, I believe, Prince, and then 
and I kept telling people on my show, can someone check on George Michael? Cause I'm worried about him. And then him to die on Christmas. That's all that's Christmas. I'm like, man, 2020. Yeah, people were just like, I'm done with it. I'm just do it in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this year has been bad. Don't this get me wrong. Year, yeah. Well, I mean, again, four years, 2016 was four years ago. Yeah. Now we're kind of following the same. Uh, At least these things, it only happens every 100 years, right? Yeah. No, they actually happen every four years. Knocking so. on wood. <laughs> no, I'm but, you know, because Prince and George Michael to me, and then other people is like Bowie and Prince, you know? So yeah. it was a, a difficult year. But I do think after Bowie, and the thing is, I heard stuff about Bowie for years, about him not being well, and he had Iman would deny it. Um, but I do think that after that, TMZ, I think, was somewhat maybe upset or other people because Bowie released his album that Friday, passed away on a certain time. It's just how it's like it was his goodbye to his fans and how he was able to plan it. But I think after that, they were looking for their next big story, whether it was the passing of Michael Jackson or Tiger Woods, because TMZ has not had hits like they had with the Tiger Woods story since then. But they were trying to do stuff. So I do feel that there was a little bit of a of a watchful eye, but I never, ever, ever imagined that. Like when I got the call on the 21st of April, like I was like, I, I was just there. This, yeah. this can't be real. I know. That whole thing was just some, it was a maze. It didn't make any sense. I would say after 2016, the first two years, 2017 in particular, I don't remember much. <laughs> it was very like. The days started, you know, cluttering into each other. But um, what's evident is that Prince gave throughout all of his seasons consistency. So that's what we want from, I would say, my next expectation. And I know that there are legal restrictions, but people want to see Prince live on stage. And yes, Madonna, I'll never forget that night. That was so fun. And then, yes, Denise passed away as well that year and what's interesting is that then right november i believe kim upshire passed away and now it's like a girl she's in purple rain as well and you know i believe prince and her dated when they were younger um so she passed away and then um i believe he took care of funeral arrangements and other stuff i don't want to speak too much on that but i know that after he passed he put the lyrics to um um to one of the Coldplay songs yellow and then that was like a tribute to her. Okay. So people were wondering where Yellow came from, but it wasn't my business to say, but I think that was his little tribute to Kim. So to lose Kim and then lose Denise, and then that's what's weird. All the people are at the January 21st show, when Prince said, and of course, you know, someone's like, oh, he said this to you directly. I'm like, no, he said this at the concert. He said that he has, he likes sleeping a lot because in his dreams, he has very lucid dreams of people that are no longer here, which I think right. was a mention of Kim, and that he was happy to see them. Was that prophetic? Was that telling stuff of April 21st? Only he knows. We can only guess on stuff, but I think the death of Kim, and who knows who else he was seeing in his dreams. It could have been his dad, right. his mom, that passed within a short amount of each other, you know, almost, you know, at that time, 15 years before. Hmm. Was he having dreams of them? You know, he shared that with um, him. There was another moment he said that at a show, maybe it was around October, maybe even November, where he said, Do any of you all lucid dream? 
he asked us that and he mentioned how he's doing that more. So I think he was very connected and he was definitely aware. Like I can't, Prince has a record to prove that. This is not superstition. It's just clearly the record of him. I mean, he saw what was going on with the internet before it happened. He saw what was going on in his, I'm just saying Prince, if anyone was aware of his destiny, Prince was definitely. And we just, we just don't know. We can all speculate on stuff. But speculate, like, yeah. Madonna being there in October and then more stay in the time performing uh a, like a week or two after the the january 21st shows and stuff like that and then him being at denise not at denise's funeral but how everything worked out that the end of the australia tour was um his flight was like a day after uh yeah, exactly. passing and then he performs there and then invites jill invites uh patty apollonia invites susan and it's like, I don't think he was necessarily doing a goodbye tour at all. And this is all speculation to go on and everyone has certain beliefs, you know, but he did tell Jill, and this is Jill's stories to tell, and I need to have her on, you know, about how she felt about that meeting. And then, you know, he was talking about like how he wants to hang out with them more, you know, and Jill, at one time, you know, Prince has said, and I don't mean like one time he wasn't like this, but it was like, in the 2000s you know they still consider jill a really good friend yeah. so you know i we just don't know as you said only he knows and that's true and he wasn't letting a lot of people into um his mind space a lot i think he was being more guarded well he spoke through other ways it wasn't through his mouth necessarily but he spoke through his visual visualizations and just kind of the stories he said so it's not like he was confused at whose narrative it was. It was absolutely his narrative, and he was definitely reinforcing that. What she said. It just it makes sense that you reconnect with old friends after one of them, Sally, passes away. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So sometimes people are reading too much into it. You know, only he knows. So I do think there was a lot of reflection going on. I like this comment as well. But... I don't want to stick on the sadness because I know a lot of people are. Let's get positive, my man. Let's right. take it away from it. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, it's important to know through it all, it's going to be a beautiful night. <laughs> yeah. When you listen to the music, I mean. Like, look, fun. January 23rd, dance party at Paisley. Me and my diabetic feet haven't danced in a long time. I made sure to dance that night. I didn't give a damn that. The next day, my feet were hurting so bad when I got home. I danced with Denise, as she said, I was just yeah, you all did. that place. And yeah, someone mentioned about it being hard to dance on carpet. Yeah, we danced on that carpet that was put we in. We danced on the carpet, and now on the carpet is back, which I don't. Take yeah. your shoes off, dance in socks, which I would have done that because it did hurt. But I felt yeah. <laughs> that I needed to dance at Paisley with Prince DJ. Just one of those things. That and was so fun. Oh, my goodness. I was all over the place. No place in the world compares to dancing inside of Paisley Park. Enough room to just lollygag. You can do jump, jumping jacks, burpees. I find myself doing all kinds of workouts out there when I'm dancing because it's like, why not? You can kill calories and gain 
mesmerization through the prints. Like, right? Why not? <laughs> Just one of those things. Now, you left Paisley being a tour guide. When was that? Was that in 2017? 2017. Yeah. Okay. Because I know that you were like, yo, they were wanting me to do this or be part of social media. I'm going to recommend you. But I guess they wanted nothing to do with me. I'm just going to sip my tea on that one. Well, I should too. But I appreciate trying. So I try to recommend a lot of people. I think the reality is everyone involved has a story. I mean, I have this thing I call everybody got a print story. And I started, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to see where it goes, but it's just to highlight that we all got a story. Everyone can say, they had a moment, and even if it's not like Prince personally reaching out to you, but like wherever you met Prince in his own music is that story. And that's what you use to, you know, for me as a writer, I've been trying to write things down all the time because Prince wrote down everything. Shout out to Sign of the Times because the liner notes, just looking at all of the things, like he wrote everything down. He wrote it all down. And I want to just get in that habit of just carrying those disciplines into my own creativity. Um, and if you're a musician, same thing. You know, he played music all the time. He didn't stop. He did it consistently. And that's exactly what you need to do if you want to really make a change. You got to just stay at it, whatever it is. And Prince is the perfect example of that. He exemplified excellence in terms of discipline, uncompromising. He was not willing to change his mind. At a time when the internet was like, put your music online, he said, no. The internet is dead. <laughs> but then it came back because, right. you know, times, things, Prince was dialectical. He realized things change all the time. So while you might be stagnant for a little while, after a while, it's going to change. And then when it changes, get back at it. So that's the joy. Definitely. And we know that Prince would be paying attention to the org, paying attention to Twitter, watching these things. <laughs> Prince was watching everything. And that's the thing. If you knew Prince was watching everything, you were careful about what you were saying. Some people didn't care, but I cared because I wasn't. Who wants to be called out by Prince? <laughs> Certainly not me. I never wanted I mean, I had no clue of my path or other stuff on going things. And that just was, was it, but he spent a lot of time online, which I wish sometimes he didn't listen to everything. Go ahead. Well, I would say this is a random thing, but I would say my computer from emancipation is probably one of his most honest songs. And I think that was a consistent theme in his life. Late at night, he's staring at his computer, looking for a site, somebody to talk to funny and bright. You got a lot of that. You know, he had the Paisley Park chat room on AOL where it'd be kind of like chilling, you know, yeah. whether he was MPG 2000 or not. It's you know. true. Right. He didn't scare me, people were saying. <laughs> no. Nah. Like, he, like, I would get an email out of the blue when I started my, you know, because I came on and I've told this story before, like, just he just sued all the fan websites. So all there was, was the, I'll never forget that. <laughs> and then I decided, well, okay, 
Well, he said nothing about email. So I started an email list called the 777 update and did stuff through that. And then I started getting contacted like within a month about stuff. And then it was like, interesting, peace and be wild. And this was just, you know, first it was just other things. And then, um, you know, love for another question of the week. I was part of that instead of just one line, it was like, you know, a paragraph and a half. And then later on the interesting piece and we wild, that was MPG online, LTD.com. I asked Ruth Azarte about that. And she goes, that was most likely prints and stuff because there was other messages we're having back and forth and he would use we uh, a lot in the Royal sense. Um, wow. That's at least what she told me back then, but no idea. And he literally like, he'd like, where, where's my update? Cause the main reason why he emailed me was so that I was part of his email list. And then one time when I didn't send him the update, he goes, where's our update? So yeah, he's so, looking for you to provide the update. <laughs> I had was no clue. He was watching. And that's something he said on Tavis Smiley. Like one of the things that hurt him is when people talk about him and he's like, I'm not sure if people don't think it's not going to get to me, but I mean, yeah, it does hurt when you hear somebody say something to your face and then behind your back, they're saying something else. Um, but that's clearly just showing that he was very much aware of what was going on. And you were easily, one of the things I had to say when I did the tour at the end, he wanted me just to stress this, is that if you come into this place with any perceived notions, you're going to easily be spotted out because this place is built on freedom since he created there his whole career for the most part so much of that place is built on liberation so if you come in there with like you know you you're gonna be easily identified because right. the is gonna search you make sure you you know all of that is exposed it's not gonna be no kind of passive aggressive minnesota nice nonsense in paisley park call that mm -hmm. out for what it is right yeah. And Alana just gave me flashbacks when she said Paisley Park 7 has entered the room because that would yeah. be Prince in the music club room. And I would pop in the room and then all of a sudden it'd be Paisley Park 4 and Paisley Park 7 when we start having discussions, be late night. Like, it's like, because I think that they could see you who is in the room without you seeing them, but they would enter it. And then we'd have, it was just awesome. I just remember one time after, he was supposed to do Leno, with Mel Gibson when he debuted Musicology on, on, on that show, even though we filmed the music video the year before with Sena being, when I say we filmed, I mean, fans were invited and I was there. Now it was like on a Friday and he goes like, hey, J7, see you Monday. And I went, wait, let me email you through your, your uh, email service. No, but he like, he would, it would be in the room and then it was just like, see you Monday. I went, Leno's on Tuesday. He's like, yeah, I know. And then by 5 p.m., we're getting an email through the music club about a press conference for the musicology tour announcement. You know, like he would just be messing. But it was it was fun. Those days were so fun. But he didn't like the negative things that he'd read in the music club. And I'm sure the org as well. So he did. I know someone said that they hope they didn't see the negative stuff. That's where when well, he came to the music club. He didn't like seeing the negative post on, on the website at all. Yeah. And that's something that Sam Jennings should be on and discuss more. Go ahead. I'm sure he pretty much recorded that song, one of my favorite, Props and Pounds, right after reading some forums on the org or any of those music club pages because he didn't like, you know, positivity is the only way. That was his message. Like all of that other stuff, 
get away with it. It's one thing to be crit critical in a way that's constructive, but some people take the time to just really just take the the angle that's not necessary. <laughs> just craziness. But I, I look at everything and I just find it funny with props and crowns to to like basically sample Kurt Loader's voice I love in that it. interview where that was a very interesting interview that he had with Kurt. I know. You know? And people didn't know because Kurt wasn't respecting him. On MTV for years, he refused to call him the artist formerly known as Prince. Would call really? him Prince. Mm. And then, yeah. And then one, I showed this last week. I think I still have it in here, hopefully. Um, yeah, but one in the chat, y'all are great. I want people to think I'm insane. And then Kurt put this on MTV News. He's like, you got it, buddy. <laughs> and then he refused to comment. That's why he's all like in the interview that people I think can still view on YouTube where Prince is like, Kurt's like, do you understand like the people that have trouble like pronouncing names? Like trouble for who? I'm doing just fine. He's like, what if I put like a circle with an arrow in it? And Prince is like, my brother, whatever I could do that you wanted to be called to respect you, I'm going to do it. And then they brought up about, you know, the black person being dragged from a truck in the times that they live in. And he's like, right. hello, I got to say, seeing you at Woodstock getting pelted with rocks, it warmed my heart. That was the whole thing, the back and forth. That's what made an interesting interview because they didn't exactly like each other then. What's funny is, is that Kurt loved Prince when he was the editor of Rolling Stone love that he wasn't giving interviews to people. He felt that people were overexposed. And for Prince to get the cover of Rolling Stone and these other magazines without having to do interviews, he loved. But when things changed, when he worked for MTV, he couldn't get him to do interviews. The name calling happened. Oh, he's not the right. same artist anymore. Yeah, obviously Prince right. was paying attention and that's what made the interview so interesting. But there wasn't a lot of love between him and Kurt. And then I loved it, and I'm just going to mention this lastly, just about <clears throat> wear your outfits. And then, right. you know, like for historical purposes, and Prince is like, don't you have a girlfriend? Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said, why are you asking me about He's asking him all these personal questions. <laughs> yeah. Right? Props and pounds. Love for one another is the only sound today. Positivity is the only way. Someone heard about the fear of the fro line, and look who's here. Ah, my homie! <laughs> wow. The Baron 3121. Let's just say this. Don't listen to the people saying, fear the fro. You got the money, so go, go, go. Or some people like to drive from the back, right? Some call them backseat drivers. <laughs> Oh, be careful. That may that may hurt his feelings on that one. I remember the whole it's in his description. He owns it. Memes, Prince posting memes before memes were a thing. So let's just sip our tea on that one. Because I, I ain't touching it. Yeah. I have to actually refill my water because I've expired. <laughs> it's all good. Now let's because I know Jesse and I appreciate you taking the time. This is one you exactly planned on. There's any questions that you have for Jesse or myself right now, because I want to keep them 
all night, which we could because exactly. Like, what time is it? What time is it? Exactly. Um, but with how hot it is here in LA this week again, you know, I'm probably I want to do five shows this week for Sign of the Times, and it just isn't happening, especially with like being 105 today. Um, probably won't do a Friday show unless some news happens, and I'll definitely do it. But um, the original Chris Farley show. Ay, 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 ay. God, the original Chris Farley. See, I want to have the privilege to interview Baron because I think a lot of people don't know who he is, and I want to expose him. Movie theater story. So I can give a movie theater story. Prince, let's talk about November 7th, 2015. Prince would have these shows, and he took us to see 007 right after that show. I remember that because that show was amazing. In fact, if you want to see a portion of that show, type in Laughing Stallions on YouTube. Hmm. You've seen that, Doc. Come on. He's playing Stratus? Yes. The last time he played guitar, as far as you know, yeah. in a public way anyway, in Paisley Park. Um, that was such a great show. I mean, that show in itself was the show I found out that he was actually originally intending to take the piano and microphone to Europe. But um afterwards we went to see 007 i actually went to sleep in that movie theater because i was just like i'm not watching them i just saw this awesome performance from prince and he wants us to stay up to watch a movie in your seat yeah oh yeah i've shared that story um did you share it here i haven't shared it here Go so this is about the gold standard um that's a favorite song of mine because of this experience. So I get into the room where Prince performed. I always forget the name of the studio, and it's a shame. Where he performed Plexum Electrum, the, the music video for that studio. Hmm. What's that studio's name? Which one's where name? He performed Plexum Electrum. The, remember he did that music video for Plexum Electrum? Right, where it was the big one where, you know, it was the basketball court. The say. basketball court, exactly. So. He's in there, and everyone's just jamming. I'm jamming, too, because there's something planned from Mary J. Blige that he, he remixed. And eventually he calls me, he sits me down in his swivel chair, and he plays the gold standard. Crazy amazing, exactly. I hear that, and I just jump up. Like, I just start dancing, and he's just laughing. But that song just blows me away because it's the sound the speakers it just sounded amazing and then he sits me down and i listen to you know which is probably among his top 10 best rap performances i would say so it's absolutely just one of those things where it's like I, i'll never forget just being sat down in a chair that prince wants you to sit down. i was like okay i'll sit in here but i couldn't even sit in it because it was too funky so I just did. Wow. And now here's a question that Josh is asking. What were some of the things that Pete told you about during the tour, how he wanted to go? Also, how'd you get the opportunity to do them? So one specific thing is the uh, mural. He really wanted people to, he wanted it to be like a guessing game to guess who was on the mural um, because a lot of people didn't know. That's what's interesting because they got some of the people, but they didn't get all of them. So there was a point where he really wanted, there was a section where he gave me the names of everybody and made sure that I know them so that 
I can make sure everyone else um, got that together. Um, and Kirk told me, Kirk was the one who just gave me the information. After leaving a tour with Joshua, Kirk was just like, Prince wants you to do these tours. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, Trevor's gonna send you a script and then you just, you know, and then when, and you can start tomorrow, tomorrow. So, I mean, <laughs> I had to learn all of that within a day. I remember that was very, very. Right. And then Vanessa said she wants you, although I think you touch base on just like this about the private show. Tell them about our private show. Oh, the private show. That was a private show from the October Surprise. Um, yep. Joshua called me and he was like, we're just doing a short little set. Baron 3121 was there. And we basically walk into that studio and he's the guitar was screaming at the time Pletchum Electrum he did and I remember before he played that everyone was just like you know tight that what do you want to hear I remember he asked that what do you guys want to hear and I don't know why I didn't say something every time I look back at that I'm like why didn't you scream whatever your favorite guitar solo song would be like join repetition like I mean even though he wasn't doing that with third eye girl and Dorfman machine would have even been nice but he did Pletchum Electrum and it was fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, we all walked in and he was just, he, he looked so, yeah, he held that note. Denise remembers because the note was so high. And like, I remember just like, I was cute. I was geeked out, geeked out. Can I just say? Yes, like a statue. He, he, was, he was standing still just like, the note was screaming. He was just like, and so when he saw me, I knew I was about to get slayed. <laughs> I'm bringing that up because he's on YouTube and then Facebook, so she can't see it. Let me tell you about the October surprise. Because Prince sometimes would send us stuff, you know, before the show, during the show. So I would say it's like an election year. There's always an October surprise that happens. So during the show, I kept saying, you know, it's a show about nothing. We're like Seinfeld today, but we may have an October surprise. I kept saying it over and over again. So what does this dude do? Wow. I'm sweating here. We have nothing to talk about. It's just me on camera, which I'm now more comfortable doing. And I see that the viewership stays pretty high with it. So I thank you guys for that. But here it is. Okay, guys, signing off. There was no October surprise. I wake up the next morning. The flyer for the show says October surprise. Then people were like, you were in on it all the time. You were waiting for the flyer to drop and you were going to do it. And I went, okay, if that's what you guys believe. I was sweating it out, but that's what he does. October surprise. That's the name of the shows. I'm like. It was, I said, I have to get to Minneapolis. When I found out about that. And oh my goodness, I'm so glad I was given the opportunity to come. That was that show was just life changing. The private show was just a surprise. I was not expecting to get that. Me and Vanessa reviewed that. If you guys want to check that out on my channel, it was just phenomenal. I mean, I just didn't know what to. And he was doing, he was working with Third Eye Girl and the MPG, although he didn't perform with Third Eye Girl for that. It was only the prior where he was with Third Eye Girl. So, And then MPGQ, right? Or he had I, that going yeah, on. Yeah, they, they the were coming back, yeah. Gucci. Gucci and just all the horn players out. MPG, I mean, yeah. it, and I remember that night, it was so many people out there. Like it was the line was just massive. And we all were in there just like 
and he just yeah that was never over surprised so every time i hear that now like you mentioned i just i flinch a little bit because that I show know, is like it's coming up five days it'll be five well it'll be what that was in 2013 seven years since the october surprise that's cra craziness crazy i know baron's gonna find the flyer and then on the anniversary of it gonna give me nightmares when i, when I wake up from one of my naps <laughs> that's what he's and that's who he is to everybody he gives us nightmares to dream <laughs> and then oh this is what rich has and like again ask questions before we let jesse go before we close Can it down share inside rich. on Sundays with in the black yeah. tonight. oh i was not so the black journalists i was not involved in any of that i know that i remember that and everyone was that because prince did not perform for the black journalist thing. And this was when he announced he was releasing his album on Tidal and, you know, um, but he even performed and I wasn't involved in any of those conversations. So I couldn't say that there was anything I know he said to them. They seemed to be very, a lot of people were pretty upset that he didn't perform that night with the black journalist because a lot of people were out there and they're like, and his stage wasn't set up. I do remember Prince getting on the mic and he was like, I apologize. I'm not doing anything tonight. Um, but he mentioned Jay-Z because of the title. I'm doing a record with Jay-Z. A lot of people thought he was actually doing an album with Jay-Z, but it was actually the title yeah. arrangement. Um, so that was a fun night. I danced. And I remember that night in particular because they had a lot of food and they were gracious enough to aluminum foil those plates for me. And I very much appreciate that. <laughs> Here's food for the week. Here you go. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Oh, Tamiko got a separate. We hanging soon, Miko, so I can give my Miko hug. <laughs> all right. It's all there. Any last questions as we pass the 90 minute mark, although we had technical difficulties for a little bit. Yeah, um, I apologize. Thanks for reminding me. I have to reset my computer more often. Um, yes. Well, What's up, Adrian? No, Adrian. Okay, I'm gonna give one more Prince story, and then I'm out, and I'm gone. Oh, like oh there's Adrian. Yeah, and we need oh. Adrian back on the show. Dag Nabbit. He should come. So, yeah. this story is funny because it was probably the most scariest moment of my Prince like experience. So I'm running the teleprompter. Adrian's there. You know, it's the band with Adrian, Donna, Mono Neon, Prince, Kirk. Um, so Prince is behind, like, so Prince, I see Prince's back. I'm behind him. And I'm supposed to catch, where's my, where's your, where's, don't even, I'm not even responding to Adrian because Adrian has to send me some stuff. He's asking me for my jacket or something. <laughs> but um, what is it? So yeah, Prince is right in front of me. His back is towards me and I'm on the teleprompter. I'm, my job is to catch when he changes the song and to play the next song that comes next. So he transitions into Rough Enough. I'm not really familiar with Rough Enough that well because, you know, this is probably my second time rehearsing. So I didn't know what this jam was. I'm just kind of like, I thought it was Soul Patch, like Denise's song. I'm just like, I can't tell what this is. And I'm just like, and he turns around to me like, while he's playing the piano, like, where are the lyrics? He says, where are the lyrics? And I'm like, ah, Trevor, can you? And Trevor, and 
thankfully the computer was actually frozen and I was no one was able to like move it. So that kind of spared me. And Trevor's like, oh, the computer's just gonna. And so Prince went into something else. And then when it finally when the computer came back to order and focus, you know, I'm ready for it. But I'm tense at this moment because now I'm like, okay, I have to make sure there's no like you need to be listening. You do not need Prince to look at you tonight because that's not a good sign. Prince looking at you. So I was, he noticed that. So he was playing, uh, what was it? It must've been, this could be us. And it was funky. I mean, deep bass and just like, and I'm like, I want to dance, but I also want to like, make sure he's able to read these lyrics. And then he turns around and he's like, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. You can dance. Like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So that made me feel much better because I, it was funky and I'll never forget those moments with them because that band was so like, I love jazz, and he was pretty much jazz fusion in that time. He was going into something really steamy and really hot. It was just pretty spectacular. We have this question real quick that Ken is asking. Did P ever give you a Model C guitar? You probably noticing something a friend for me made. It was a replica of a Model C guitar. It wasn't actually real. And here's Baron fishing with a big hook. <laughs> oh, I came into the teleprompter. So my first, this was, I believe, my first time rehearsing. Trevor mentioned, he's like, you know, Prince is going to add open book to the set list. So look out for that. And I said, really? All right. And so when I came in there, Prince saw me and he said, did you see? Did you see I added open mouth? I was like, yeah, oh, great. You know, I was really happy about it. For those who don't know, open book. Javetta Steele. Right. Martika, that's your clue. Yep, as well. But he didn't actually perform that song. So, I mean, it's amazing he mentioned that to me, but he did not perform it. Yeah. I should have just added it in there so he was forced to do it. I should have just put it in the teleprompter, like, all right, go ahead and do it. I just... <laughs> That would have been my day of absence. <laughs> you would have been like, you ain't getting paid. Your check is gone. I'm messing with you. Paid. He's like, I'm not paying you if you add this on. <laughs> it was a tease. It was a total tease. Yep. Adrian, 100%. He was good for teasing and teasing us. I remember the first time meeting Adrian. He didn't know who I was at the time. We're in a, I was in the hotel and I was wearing a third eye girl shirt. And he was just kind of like looking at me like it was at the, um, the country and sweets. But it was just so funny. And then Gucci was the first one coming. Like, are you fun and Mary? Like, yeah, thanks for my wife knowing where I'm going to perform before I do. Because that's literally how it would be is they wouldn't know where they're performing next unless they went to my website or stuff like that. But <laughs> that was so funny. And then Adrian and Marcus and BK, you know, out for trouble, all of them. <laughs> you can what? <laughs> you can what with them? Someone asked, did he tease me? Prince, I mean, did he prank me? He never pranked me. There was never a prank. Never. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Last question that you're seeing anything, Jesse? Because I know with all that water you're drinking, you probably got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, you're right. So, so read now. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to let you go and I'll just have closing. I love that Adrian joined in. What time? That's hilarious. Go? I'll do like another 10 minutes with him. But Jesse, 
thank you so much for being on. I always appreciate your positive things that you share with me, whether it's like, you know, this is why, you know, like what you said to me at the celebration last year when you saw me, like, this is why Prince chose you and stuff like that, just because trying to have a party when he's not there and do things. So I appreciate that energy, especially when, you know, there's people all the time that want to rain on your parade at some point. But I appreciate you, Jesse. I love, man. I appreciate you too. And thank you guys for engaging with me tonight. It's been fun. Blessings. Thank you, Jesse. We gotta get you back on. So each time there's a Paisley event, we'll find a way to get you on. <laughs> All right. Much love, man. Much Peace. Love. All right, everyone. Sign the Times party. Jesse, we had on. You had Adrian up in the room and a few other people. Love that stuff. Button therapy to you all. Anyway. But any questions that we didn't touch on that you may have wanted to ask earlier that we can answer or doing things, but it was fun having Jesse on. I don't think we've had Jesse on since um, the old show, the original Spreecast back in the day. You know, maybe 2014, 2015 was the last time that he was on. So hello, Paris. So, yeah. But we got through the technical difficulties. I think that it was the ghost of Spreecast past was messing with us at the beginning of the show, for sure. So, you know, and Jesse, I'm going to pull off just so we don't have like a um, little thing. Yeah. Um, yes, Dorothy. Thank you. We talked about earlier in there. So not yet with your thing believe it's gonna how did it get that shirt paisley park and another person we talked about earlier so it's a lot you know there's not a lot that i'm not liking when it comes for it i'm just absorbing everything and it not taking away from stuff maybe frustrated where you hear that only one third of what they found was put on the set but yeah so or Denise, is that for me or through someone else or what? Um, yeah, we always love hearing the stories and everyone has a print story. I keep saying that and it's so true. You know, those are things that go on. I wasn't at Paisley Park. The shirt was sent to me and was asked to wear on air. So I appreciate it. Um, let's see. Just know I'm trying to click on some of your comments and not all of them are allowing me to click on it this time. And StreamYard is giving me a notice of that. So. Yes, Mia, they are having it for sale. Um, believe 25 bucks. So. Purple inside out, not yet. So. Let's see. It's always needed. That's why we need to have Adrian on again. And then let me show this. Where's our 20 minute door? Yeah, what's up with that? You know, there's other stuff that we heard about. Dorothy Parker with horns is cool. I still, I can realize why he did it without horns and how it sounds, so. One day we'll get all the funk in one package. One day. 
thank you, Terry. I appreciated it. And I was like, you know, she should contact me directly, but thank you very much. Um, it's very appreciated. Like, come on, like I wasn't gonna wear it. Thank you. Um, yeah. Friday night at Paisley and tonight, it's always a great night. So before we wrap it up, you know, just want to say thank you guys for everything. We got about five more minutes before we go. You don't need me for that long, although it'll be just under two hours because you get issues that we were having earlier. Uh, now, who's that for? Can't buy any more merch. Is that for releases or merch store? So, yeah. The grand progression. Well, we'll see if that comes at a different time on a different package in the future. So, <clears throat> yeah. But I'm enjoying the set. I'm enjoying the shirt. I'm enjoying it all. So, thank you. I try, even with the issues that we have. Um, makes it happen. So I appreciate you guys. And here's hoping that things are going to happen. You know, let me start putting up links to stuff. I don't know, Bob. I, I don't know. But yeah, it was meant to be for tonight. I'm very appreciative. So whoops. That would have been the private link. So let me do this just because we try to do this at the end. And, you know, I got to talk to you guys one day about should we be allowing advertisers on, which would mean more ads, or if you just kind of keep it to where we do the show with you guys. So, wow. And everything just went away on my end. But. We're wrapping up, Nancy. But there you go. If you guys want to donate through PayPal or other stuff, I'm going to put that up there. And then, you know, I don't think that there's going to be a show on Friday with how hot it's going to be. If we had a guest, which I've been working on, um, it would be cool. But if anything happens between now and then, I'll let you know. So we can have fun and do other things. So and we also have it in the descriptions. It's right there so you guys have it towards the end of the show, whether you're watching live or later on. Um, so what's it I have to do it like this? So but I appreciate you guys. I don't understand like how you guys can like I'd be bored of me. I don't like listening to my voice. So, you know, we try to do these things. So I appreciate you guys. I don't understand how you put up with it for so long, um, but it's all love. So yeah, today was just like spreecast at the beginning. It was just like the ghost of spreecast past messing with us a little bit. So very um, funny and entertaining in different ways. Um, but thank you, Adrian gotta have you on the show man so 
That's what it comes down to. And one day have all three of you guys on, maybe in costume. We got Halloween coming up. It doesn't even have to be then. So, all right. But I have nothing but love for you guys that tune in, even the people that are critical. We listen to stuff. We try to improve it. So thank you, Kelly. I try. I try. All right. Thank you, guys. Probably not an after show tonight, but I will try to be in touch with you guys sooner rather than later. My God, you see the curls, the heat. BS. All right, people. Much love. Reach out on social media. I'll try to get back to you when I can. And um, very grateful for you guys. And I hope that you guys are having a good week. Don't let what's going on in the world get you down. Even when there's no peace outside your window, there can be peace inside, right? Remember that. Sometimes turn off social media because you're allowing that energy into your home. Okay? You don't have to respond to everything. You can keep scrolling. Put it down. Don't let those negative thoughts hurt you. All right? We'll all get through this together, plain and simple. Much love. Till next time, keep it funky, y'all.